and welcome to Lady Ada. Hey everybody, it's uh, me, Lady Ada, at my desk, relaxing Sunday evening. Thought we would do a little bit of a stream, just to see what's going on right. at my desk. I've been doing a lot of routing, actually. I see a really cool project. I, yeah, this is the, the I glasses. I fucking finished it. <laughs> this project... <laughs> This board took me like 12 hours to route. It was, it, and I'm, I'm a fast router. I route boards like, believe me, I'm like, I'm doing yeah. it automatically. This took me 12 hours. I take so many breaks. Um, but let's take a look at it. I can, <laughs> I can just show you. It's just, it's just kind of bonkers. All right. How many things are in it? Yeah. Um. So it's got 136 LEDs. This is each of the two millimeter LEDs, and they're matrixed up. Um. You know, of course, this board layout would have been a lot easier. Um, if one, it wasn't two layer and second, didn't have these cutouts in a weird shape and three, I, didn't, I decided to go with something like dot stars or neopixels. Um, but as we, as we mentioned before in previous shows, would it also be easier if you didn't have the looming fear of no chips for anything you make? Well, I already, I already got all these parts. So okay. I'm good. Look, believe right, me, well, I, I, when I got, I got those chips go. and I have them stashed away. It can um, always be worse. I'm a, I yoink them, but, um, you know, to, to save the cost to make this affordable, uh, I didn't use individual NeoPixel LEDs because 130 NeoPixel LEDs, you know, would have cost, um, you know, whatever, 130 times 10 cents a piece, um, 13 bucks. And so, you know, maybe even if I got it at a really great price, $10 just for the LEDs, um, whereas, and, and also, the, you know, there's, there's some risk of, of them being damaged. <clears throat> um, whereas uh, these LEDs are, you know, a penny a piece, and so I can um, put 100 uh, 38 of them on on an, uh, on a board with a chip and you know even if I have some yield issues um, it's not it's not too bad although I'm going to try to avoid yield issues so anyways this board is routed um, I routed it 6.6 and the uh, vias are 15 mil um, I don't I 15 mil is as small as I get for vias I know that people can you know you can get boards with smaller like 8 mil vias but I find that 19, I've never had a problem with any board house I've used, prototype or production. 15, you know, point, 15 and a half, 15 mil. Um, I, I did have problems with yield, um, PCB yield with 15 mil PCBs when I ordered from PCB cart. Um, but JLC PCB and advanced circuits and other places seem to be okay with it. So it depends on your board house. But the, the 6, 6 mil rule, that's not the issue. It's, it's actually vias are usually where... Um, had problems. Yeah, what's up? Is it a two-layer board to make it affordable? It's two-layer, yeah. It's basically like you're 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 better off doing almost everything before going to a four-layer board. Um, you know, I, I just kind of discovered that when I did the design for the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. Um, there's nothing wrong with four-layer boards. Use four-layer boards if you need them, or eight or six, whatever. But um, unless you're doing something, and believe me, there's some boards like BGA boards where it's like, look, you you need to go for a layer because you cannot fan out this board. There's just not enough room. There's no space. But if you're if you're doing a board where you can, even if you go down to you know five mil rule, four mil rule, it'll still be cheaper than a four layer board. You can do a, so much to a two layer board before it becomes more expensive than just doing a plain four layer because the four layer process is is usually outside of the this is the lowest cost process that a board house does. And so I'll, I don't even know that I have any four layer board designs that I've, I've manufactured. I always, I really, I'll, I'll pretty much do anything before I go there. I'll, I really try to stick to two layer. And so far I've been able to get away with it. So 
There you go. We're not in the big pocket of the big four layer commission. A two layer commission. Sorry. But no, um, the, the four layer, if we were in their big pocket, we yeah. would be promoting four layer boards, but we're not. There's nothing, I mean, I, look, believe me, there's, uh, there's, there's boards that I've had other people make, you know, that uh, we sell that are four layer and that's fine. But yeah. so I routed this whole thing. It took forever, um, but it's done. And it's not, it's not, a, one thing that was actually quite nice about it is because it's a matrix, not a um, direct driven like NeoPixel is um, the traces can be thinner because you're not powering each LED separately. It's another thing like dot stars and NeoPixels each have one milli milliamp quiescent current, which we're not going to have here. Um, there's no quiescent current because you know, the LED is only driven when it's driven um, and there's no ground plane because... There's, it's not ground referenced. It's matrix referenced. Everything is, is uh, it, you know, you do need to have a good ground connection, but there isn't a, you don't need a plane behind it. And that's another reason I didn't need a four-layer board. So, so this is uh, up for prototype. Um, so another thing is, finally, um, I was able to get the um, ESP32 S2 mini modules. It's the, the S2 modules that are not the Rover style, they're the smaller modules. And um, they, I ordered these many, many, many months ago, but of course with silicon torches, you know, it took an extra four months to get them or whatever. They finally came in and so I'm like, yay, I can do my ESP32 S2 Feather that I designed like six months ago. And then of course, um, something else happened, which is, well, one, um, you know, every other part on here is, is pretty much, it, there's a lot of jelly beans, capacitors, resistors. There's the battery charger chips, which have been a little annoying, but I did, I do have some of those. Um, this is a uh, BME 280. I kind of like stuck a little sensor on there because I had room and I thought, oh, a BME 280 does like temperature, humidity, barometric pressure, you know, it's all in one lovely little sensor. I thought we'd have a version that had this. Um, but at this point, I can't even back order BME 280s. They, they Bosch just is completely fell over in this silicon shortage. So, you know, I can chip the board without the sensor and just leave it unpopulated and that's fine. It's not necessary. Um, but the, um, this sensor, the, uh, this is a LC79203, which is a, uh, battery monitor chip. Um, so this chip is what end of line. Uh, a few months ago, or, you know, six months ago, which was, you know, again, historically, end-of-line chips don't matter. Like, it's end-of-line, but like, ah, you know, there's a last-time buy, and the last-time buy is usually eight, six, you know, 18, 24 months away. You have a long time, usually, to order as much stock as you could possibly need. You put your last order in, and you're done. They didn't do that this time, right? Because of silicon shortage, there was no last-time buy, or at least I couldn't figure out how to do one. They're just like, we're done. It's over. You can't get this anymore. Like, no warning. <laughs> and uh, so it's really annoying. So um, one, one thing I noticed is that, you know, if you, um, you go to DigiKey and you go to LC709203, first off, there's a couple of variations of this chip. Um, I do like it. It's a very inexpensive but very easy to use uh, chip, and it comes in a nice uh, TDFN package. It got discontinued and it was replaced with the uh, LC7092, I think it's 204. So they basically, you know, discontinued and replaced it. And the board they replaced, the chip they replaced it with is a 0.4 millimeter BGA. And I really, really, really don't want a 0.4 millimeter BGA in my 
feather design because I want something um, easy to fab and again does not require a four layer board and once you get to 0.4 millimeter pitch BGA you, you start needing a four layer board do not do not want um, but I really like this chip um, so the good news is that while this version was not available this version the 0.5 millimeter BGA is and the middle pan of the BGA is not you don't need to fan it out um, it is a it's they designed it in a way that doesn't suck where it's a nine pin BGA but only eight pins are really needed and the middle pin is a ground pin and so you can connect that through to another ground pin um, and you're good to go so um, you know we had a, a you know a breakout for this this chip the TDFN version and I'm like all right well time to you know make the BGA version so I re respun this board and now it has this 0.5 millimeter pitch BGA, which I think will be all right. I made the holes a little bit bigger, and, and I think there's no reason our pick and place can't fab it. I think it pick and place it. Okay, a couple of people reporting chip shortages, stuff uh, getting held up in Shenzhen. And uh, next up, a question. Any concerns with the temperature sensor close to the ESP32-S2 module? No, and check out a previous video where we go over that. All right. It's fine. Um, okay, I, next I, up. We did previous desk data. Yeah. Um, okay, so you know that this one I gotta you know I gotta change this package now. Um, hold on, update the library and then um, I'll change the package over. And now it's much smaller and cuter, but it's the same chip, and so I'm not worried about like you know. So I didn't know this chip. I tested. I did the power monitoring, you know, management of it and all that good stuff. So I know this chip is, is good to go. So, um, you know, I'm going to reroute this board um, with this new little mini chip. But, uh, you know, long term, it's not sustainable. Um, I, can't, I can't rely on this because even though there's, you know, 16,000 of these in stock, it's still end of line and it's still, you know, there is no last time buy and there may not be. So I think I'm willing to risk getting this design out the door, but I do need something, a, a long-term solution or an alternative solution to having a battery monitor. And the reason I have the battery monitor chip on here and not just a resistor divider is I really wanted to have a, a higher quality battery monitoring solution because I think people want that for like an ESP32 based thing, um, but without the continuous current draw of a resistor divider, and also maybe something that does a state of charge. So it, could, it converts the voltage, because you know, the ESP32s, they have, they have a weird kind of nonlinear ADC, something that pops out like, oh, your battery's at 30% or 50% or whatever, I thought would be more useful for people than just a resistor divider. So uh, let's, uh, do you have any, any other questions before we get into the great search? Yep, let's do the great search. Okay, great. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with KJK. The great search brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Thank you, DigiKey. Lydia uses her powers of searching and finding, especially in the middle of this drought, this chip drought, to show you how to find what you're looking for. Lydia, what is the great search this week. Okay, the great search is what I, it's actually what I did today. So, because some Sundays I'm like, what am I going to do for the great search? And then today I was like, oh man, I got to find an alternative for this part. 
that I can't get, that I can't get, and the alternative I can't get. And before you know it, you're like four that layers down. That sounds exactly like Great Search. That's the Great Search. That's where we're at. So, um, so for this design, um, you know, this design for this feather, I used the LC seventy nine two zero seven oh nine two zero three battery monitor chip. The the TDFN version is no longer available. It went end of line. There was no last time buy because of the silicon shortage. And so I kind of got like the rug pulled out under me. That's a good idiom. Rug pulled out under you. We're wow. collecting idioms. Um, and stuck without an alternative. And there is the, uh, you know, we covered, okay, we well, can always get alternative packages sometimes. And there is an alternative package for this chip, the BGA package. And I can use uh, that BGA package, you know, temporarily, basically for a few months, but it will also run out. It's end of line. So I want to find an alternative lithium-ion single-cell battery monitor, something that has an ADC, communicates over I2C, um, and doesn't use a lot of power so that, you know, I can stick this on. It has the, you know, it does the battery monitoring, coulomb counting, state of charge calculations for you um, while still letting the main processor go into deep sleep. And when it wakes up, it can always ask the uh, chip what's the state. And of course, I want it to be inexpensive. I want it to be easy to use. And I want it to be a package that I can put on a two-layer board. So I thought that's what we would do. All right, let's do it. Okay, so let's go to the computer. Okay, so um, this is the previous package, the chip that I was going to use, the TDFN chip. And then, uh, you know, I can swap that for the BGA package. And this, this will, again, I can kind of limp along with this for a few months because I can get some of these. But eventually those will run out. And uh, this, is, this is the life we're living. So um, the chip that I was using before was, was basically this one. Um, you know, this is no longer manufactured. It says some substitutes, you know, it has some substitutes, but we're gonna, we're gonna do our great search substitution work. So what I want is a battery monitor. Uh, I want to do one lithium ion um, uh, thing, uh, I squared C and surface mount, although, you know, they're all gonna be surface mount. And uh, let's see what we've got for similar devices. Um, I'm not going to say normally stocking or in stocking. I want to say um, no marketplace just because it's a little confusing. I want to just, I, I'm kind of in the specification stage, so it's like I don't really care whether it's in stock right now as long as I can get it in a few months. Um, and I want to look at prices in, in the you know 5,000 piece range or so. And, um, you know, as you can see, there. this is the chip that I historically liked. You know, these are the two versions. They're the least expensive at about 70 cents a piece. Uh, the BGA version and the um, uh, LC709 uh, TDFN version. But, you know, not this one not available. This one I can use until they run out of stock. So let's go down the list. Ooh, the BQ27426. Okay, this looks pretty is that good. The one? No. What? Is that the one? No. Well, no. Not only is it not in stock, <laughs> but if I ask it, when's it going to be in stock? It says April 2022. Mm. Okay. So, so it's not only are we trying to find a part, but I'm like, I really want a part I can get, you know, like this year, maybe, you know, would that be so hard? Maybe get it in the mm. next like three months. Um, we were spoiled when we were, when we were babies buying parts that were in stock. Um, this family is, you know, it is quite a nice uh, family of chips, but... Yeah, basically, you know, all of them are uh, April 2022. Um, this is the same uh, part of that family. Um, this one, I think, is also 
you know, September 2022, not even within the next year, I'm going to be able to get this part. Um, so I basically kind of went down this entire list and um, until I, and then this one was okay, but I really didn't want a, a BGA, again, I want something that's a two-layer board. I don't want something that's BGA with with middle pads because I really don't want something that's going to be a, a paint route. Um, so what I did find, you know, I basically like scanned through this. Almost all of these are completely unavailable <laughs> anytime soon, except for this one, the Max 17048. And this one not only has 3,000 in stock, but it has 9,000 in the factory. It's not expensive, but it is TDFN. I can get it, you know, quickly. Um, another thing you can do is, of course, you can put down, you know, even more. And you can see, like, well, there's going to, you know, if I need 30,000, I'm not going to get them till 2022. But there are going to be two more shipments of, of 10,000 apiece so in October. So, you know, I, I if this is something I want to book for nearby delivery, you know, I have a shop, but again, it is in stock and I'm not going to need more than 10,000. I just kind of know that that's 10,000 a year is about how many, you know, that's how many I'm going to need for now. Um, so I think that, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking of, of going with. So I designed a, um, I did a, a, you know, a board package for it and, uh, laid out the, the package. And then I designed a, breakout for it. So, you know, this is what I start with whenever I want to design. I basically pulled out the um, LC79203 uh, and I put this in. One nice thing about this chip is it doesn't have, uh, the, some of the, the BQ chips, the TI chips, um, used Coulomb counting. When they had, there's basically a resistor between the input and output. And one thing that is kind of nice about the, this Mac 17 chip is like the OnSemi LC 709203, um, it doesn't have a resistor. It actually looks at the voltage, the, hi the historical um, measurement of the voltage to track what the um, state of charge is. And, and I, you know, I kind of like that. I think it's nice because it doesn't matter, if, you know, especially for a breakout board where people can accidentally connect the wrong way. Um, this is a um, kind of an elegant um method of measuring because you don't have to worry about having it backwards and you don't have to worry about the resistance, you know, being in the way of your, your boost converter or something or affecting, um, something down the line. So I'm going to start with this. I normally actually would have gone for the BQ chips. The BQ chips were quite nice. Um, they were much less expensive and, uh, they, they had I squared C and they had, you know, also either voltage or built in coulomb counting capability. But if I can't get it in the next, you know, six to 12 months, even if that's if that's as soon as I can get it, um, I'm going to start actually designing with parts that are more expensive just so I can get something out the door and then reevaluate in a year. It's easy to then, you know, I can always reduce the cost later by subbing out the old part, but not being able to ship something costs money every single day. So, yeah, these are the design trade-offs um, I'm currently making is going with parts I normally wouldn't go with just because I can get them, knowing that I'll probably have to do a redesign down the line, but, you know, I'll deal with that later. You know, I'll, I'll say, hey, I redesigned this for a cheaper chip, and here is a new driver, and, and here's the differences. And I've done that before. Um, we've designed a lot of our feather boards, or early metro boards, whatever, with FTDI chips, 
And then when we could get Scilab's USB to serial converters, which I like a little bit more than the FTDI ones, they're less expensive and they have a couple capabilities that I like, um, very high speed you know, data transfer and stuff. I redesigned a lot of boards and said, okay, I used to use the FTDI chip, now using the Scilab's chip. Well, the Scilab's chip is also end of line. So maybe we'll do a future show where I, I show how to swap out a Scilab's 2104 as well. Yay, it's like juggling. All right. And that's the great search. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DJ Key. All right, and I had one question here. Yeah. How do you validate newly created libraries, spin a PCB with just a component, or test it with some prototype design? I don't think I make a breakout like this. But, you know, I've really learned... I'm not saying my, my packages are perfect, but I've really, I've made almost every mistake at this point. And so I've, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. When I make a package, I usually don't, I usually don't mess them up. I know that's like a weird thing to say and it's gonna jinx me because I'm gonna mess up my next package. Another thing is, is from DigiKey, they do have a, um, they often have a CAD file download where you can download, um, so we go to the computer real fast. At the bottom here, they have Snap EDA, which you have to make an account, but it is free. You can download the footprint and um, symbol, and they do this. This is a service, you know, that the companies work together and and they pay them to, to make it in a format. Then you can then uh, download in you know various Altium or KiCad or Circuit Studio or Design Spark, whatever. Um, you know, it's not. Forever guaranteed. Oh, this is kind of nice. You have the little mouse over thing. Um, but uh, so far, I've I've had very good luck with these. I just I just personally sometimes like to make my own packages, but um, I've used these and had great success with them as well. All right, we'll see everybody during the week. Full week of shows ahead. Please take good care of yourself. Lots of stuffs going on. Stay tuned to the Adafruit blog, social media places, and more. And we'll be back for Disco Lady next week Sunday. Thanks, everybody. Have a great bye, week. Bye bye.